This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Cheeseheads. Cheeseheads. Get on your feet. It's Curd and Law. Hosted by Sparky Fighter and Ryan Horvath. Welcome in another edition of Curd and Long. Steve Sparky Pfeiffer here, 1250 AM, the fan, along with our guy, Chad Ryder, NFL draft analyst for NFL.com. And uh, Chad, thanks for coming on, filling in for uh, Ryan Horvath today. Appreciate it. Yeah, no problems. Uh, thanks for inviting me to come on. This is weird. We've never done anything video wise. We're always on the phone doing all these these millions of interviews. and we Only for 20 years. Video. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Long time. Uh, okay. So, first, uh, before we get to the draft stuff, because you are uh, my draft expert, obviously, your thoughts and what you've seen from the Packers so far this year. I don't know what you thought of their talent, you know, coming into the season of how good you thought they could be versus how this whole thing uh, has played out. Obviously, you know, injuries have played a part of it. Yeah. Bakhtiari not being able to play, you know, game to game, full games and so forth. Elton Jenkins, you know, having to come back too. So there have been things that have contributed somewhat to what's happened. Yeah. Uh, but I still think that a majority of people are shocked by how this whole thing has turned out. Uh, you know, the, the NFL, this happens. Um, the NFL is such a week to week lead and a league and, and the margin for victory is so small. Uh, and, and if you're not doing everything, enough of everything just right, you're not going to win. This team could be seven and three, but they're three and seven. That's the way right. I look at it. I really think that there's not really the offense, the defense, and the special teams have not been all on the same page through very many games this year. And it only takes one of those uh, to bring everything down. So I think, uh, I think, you know, it's, it's a disappointing season. No, no doubt about it. Um, but you know, you're going to have those. And, and I think some of the issues that, you know, we knew they weren't very de uh, deep at pass rusher. So Rashawn Gary goes out, that's, you know, what's going to happen. We right. knew they weren't very deep at receiver. Guys didn't step up and make plays until Christian Watson last couple of weeks. So, you know, th there are issues that we saw coming um, and they've played out, uh, you know, the, to fruition. When they drafted these three wide receivers this year uh, and said, okay, Here's your help, Aaron. This is what we're going to go with, other than Sammy Watkins, who has never been able to stay healthy uh, in his right. career since his rookie year. Uh, but that was pretty much going to be given. This is your help. And then, you know, he really doesn't show up for OTAs outside of the mandatory ones. So now they're going to figure everything out in training camp. Randall Cobb's trying to be the go-between, uh, tr trying to get them to understand it. And obviously there's growing pains, and Watson can't stay healthy. That's hurt him too. Right. But talent-wise, how good did you think these three guys were coming out of the draft when the Packers took him? Well, if Watson's healthy and he's able to get that rapport with Rodgers right away, and then you've got Dubs who did some good things. I mean, there was a reason why he went later in the draft, right? He's, he wasn't an elite guy, but he did enough things where you saw what he could do. If those guys are healthy through the whole this whole process, I think the offense looks a lot different. 
Uh, and but it didn't. You know that's the way the league works. That's right. why you have to have the depth, and they didn't have it. They they just didn't have it, and so that's why it caused some issues early in the year. Um, but I think those guys showed enough through their spurts that we've seen of them now that if they had been healthy the whole way through, I think they could have gotten through the year. When you rely on rookies at any position, it's difficult. Um, there's some time to to get there, but man, the, the injury to Watson really hurt his ability to contribute right away. If he would have been healthy right off, I think we would have seen the last two weeks probably five weeks ago. And I, I, we would have been building ever since right. then. Yeah, no question. And, you know, that that's the other thing too. And Ryan Horvath and I have talked about it. Some positions you could hop into, I feel like, as a rookie and, you know, kind of hit the ground running. I think running backs in the rookie year can figure it right. out quickly and get after it. A yep. pass rusher, if that's all yep. they're doing, He'll figure out how to get to the quarterback one way or the other. I feel like wide receiver is a position that you really don't really know. There are exceptions. Yeah. But until like year two or year three is when they start figuring everything out and getting on the same page as their quarterback. Yeah, but I think you can use them in limited ways, right? I mean, sure. like Dubs, you know, he can run a nine route. You don't, you don't need anything special for that, right? I mean, but in terms of really um, understanding the full offense, the route combinations, and also what to do when the – Every quarterback is different of what right. he wants when plays break down. So you got to learn that. And that's not off. That's not as easy to do in training camp uh, as it is. And then obviously Rodgers isn't going to play a lot of preseason games. So there's going to be that. But yes, receiver is difficult. It, you know, some of these guys in, in college, they run like three routes and that's it. And that's all they have to because they're yep. so physically talented. So yes, a receiver is one of the positions with quarterback, obviously, that is very difficult to come in and, and be great right up front. That's why you appreciate guys like Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson that, that managed to do it. Even Jace, he struggled in training camp last year before the right. season started dropping balls, and then obviously yeah. you know, he figured it out quickly with Joe yeah. Burrow. Uh, all right, so let's go to topic number two. You're the draft analyst. Like you said, 20 years we've been doing this. How would you say Brian Gutekunst has done drafting for the Packers because I think Packer fans uh, have him under fire right now. Packer fans have everybody under fire right now. Well, it's yeah. Bill Barry, it's Matt LaFleur. Gunnikins is getting thrown into it. Yeah. I mean, everybody that's associated with this team uh, is getting shots, you know, taken at them by this Packer fan base right now. Yeah. Well, and after you've made the playoffs, you know, 15 out of 20 years or whatever it is at this point, uh, if you don't think you're going to make the playoffs, so that, that the expectation is not being met, right? Correct. Um, and, and that's the team's expectation. That's what they want to do too. Yep. So um, they're looking at themselves. They're self-scouting. They're they're doing all this stuff too. Uh, I think he's been pretty average. I think overall has been pretty average. I looked at some data for the last few years to kind of get a sense. Because when you look at the pack, you say, oh, this hasn't worked. This hasn't worked. This Well, most teams have that going on. We, As Packer fans, you don't necessarily look at the whole league, or right. you might look at one or two guys that worked out really well but not pay attention to the guys, maybe maybe didn't even hear of the guys who didn't work out. Um, so overall, they're about average. And the other thing you have to consider is the Packers are consistently picking at the end of each round, sure. not the beginning of each round. You would think Detroit – Arizona, Jacksonville, all these teams that are always picking in the top 10 of every round, you would think they would be building talent, right? You mean, you would think that these guys are doing. So when you consider where the Packers pick every year because of their success, um, they're pretty average. And there's teams that pick in similar areas like Baltimore does a great job drafting, even though they pick regularly on the low. Um, Pittsburgh is the same way. So among the teams that are in that general position, they're average to a little bit below average, I think. But I, overall, the league, I think it's about average. 
you know, the, the other thing I, I was asking people on Twitter, oh, was this last week or two weeks ago, whenever it was, okay, what is he, what is going to draft well? Like, what position group does he, like, Ted Thompson drafted wide receivers well. Like, mm-hmm. literally anything he usually touched worked out in a draft at the wide receiver position. And that's why he didn't have to draft wide receivers in the first round, because he was right. able to find talent because he knew what he was looking for and what would fit with what he was doing. The defensive side of the ball, he didn't give a damn what, position or fit that was on defense. He told Dom Capers, figure it out. It's a football player. Right. We'll figure it out. Uh, with Gutenkunst, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm looking at this, I'm like, okay, so what, where has he really drafted well that you can pinpoint and say, yeah, he, he's done well there. Maybe linebacker, you know, now with Rashawn Gary, uh, it looks like Quay Walker is, is going to be something. He had his biggest game right. of the year, you know, coming off this last week. So he's still early in his career. So maybe linebacker is a position where he's drafted well. I just don't know how many positions you can point at right now because a lot of people would say, well, look at the offensive line. Yeah, but Bakhtiari, that that wasn't his pick necessarily, right? right? He was there. And then the right. rest of that is kind of lines up for him at this point. But that hasn't been anything to write home about this year either, even with the depth issue. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, um, I'm trying to remember what year Jenkins was, but but I mean, in terms of, uh, I like running. I like some of their later picks at offensive line. They've been pretty good uh, for later picks. Uh, but you know, Gr Alexander really. I mean, that was a good pick. Um, but that's one you know. guy in one position. I don't right. think you could say Stokes has been worthy of where he was picked to this point. Not yet. And well, Savage, at same one point, he certainly wasn't. Yeah, he certainly I mean, hasn't lived up to the expectation. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think uh, at the end of the first round. Um, is, is it's hard to find immediate impact players at the end of the but first round. Didn't they round. trade up? But didn't they trade up for Savage, or were they uh, already up there for Savage? Yes, they did. Yeah. They gave up fourth round picks. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, it wasn't like they gave up a second round pick or a future first. Uh, yep. But no, that one hasn't turned out definitely uh, as as much as he as much as you would like. And so that's one of those where you know you have to evaluate what you were looking at with him. And look, Savage was a good player at Maryland. I mean, I, I I don't think if the Packers wouldn't have traded up to get him, somebody else would have taken him in that area of the draft. So you know, I, I don't I don't think that was a bad selection um, as such because I think the value was about where he was going to go. Um, so yeah, I, I'm not going to I can't say that there's one position where he's been you know excellent at, but I think when you get Alexander, Gary, you know Wyatt and Walker, maybe we'll see how that how that turns out. Right. I think they've done pretty well on de- on defense, um, and certainly if Watson turns out to be what he's looked like the couple of weeks, I think they've done pretty well at that spot. But you know, in other spots, it hasn't worked out, and that they've been trying to get. So, and I know we'll talk about some of that a little bit yep. later. So that's coming up next here. All right. Yeah. So let, let- Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Let's go to the next topic. Let's really just narrow it down because this is out there for everybody after Amari Rogers was released. Would you say, well, the Packers have failed in the third round most years? It's not that uncommon. Now, for those of you uh, listening to the podcast or if you're watching it on the live Twitter uh, feed as we're doing it, here's Zach Jacobson. Packers last 11 third round picks. Sean Ryan, don't know yet. Amari Rogers, DeGuara, maybe, we'll see. Sternberger, gone. Oren Burks, Montrevious Adams, Kyle, Kyler Fackrell, Ty Montgomery, Kyrie Thornton, Richard Rogers, Alex Green. And there is not much to write home about with that list of third-round picks. And that is, with this new draft format of a few years ago, this is a day-two pick that I would think you should be hitting more than you're missing at this point. But then again, like I said earlier, uh, you know, I don't sit here and evaluate every third-round pick of every team in the last decade. Let me me give you a list from Ron Wolf. There you go. Everybody thinks Ron Wolf was all that in terms of third-round picks because he hit guys like – William Henderson, Brian Williams, Antonio Freeman, right? 1995. Great, great draft. Jonathan Brown, Tennessee. Ooh, he, Brett he apologized Conway, for that. Hold State. on. Hold on. Jonathan Steve Brown. Warren, defensive tackle, Nebraska. Paul oh, Jew, Penn State. Mm-hmm. Torrance Marshall from Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Third round picks are difficult because they have enough talent to make you think they can become more than what maybe they've shown. And that's what team, especially at the end of the third round, where Green Bay typically picks. They're not typically, and their necessarily success in the top of the third round hasn't been always great either. But I'm just saying, when you pick later in the third round, you're it's a different group of prospects. So, uh, you know, I think if you look at any general manager, you're going to see that. Now, um, I thought Amari Rogers would be better than he than he was, and he wasn't. Um, you know, some of these guys haven't turned out as I as I thought they would. So it's it's rough, but I think in terms of like um, if you look at third round picks historically, I took a quick look just to see you know right. over the last like fifteen years, um, not very many become guys that even make one Pro Bowl, much Good. less a lot of Pro Bowls. So it's like a one in ten scenario at best. Well then, okay. Well then, but even even starters, even regular starters in the third round, not as often as you think, and, and so. Day, just because it happens to be on day two of the draft, that's a completely arbitrary. If if like Thursday night was round one, Friday night was round two, right. and then round three happened on Saturday with the other ones, which it probably should be based on the value of those picks, we might look at it completely differently. But that's not the way that we televise the event. So, so do NFL teams know this data? Yes. This is, this is what I don't understand. I mean, you know all these guys. I don't – because they act like draft picks are gold outside of the Rams. But for yeah. the most part, they're gold. And if yeah. you gave me, and I said this, you know, screwing around kind of, like they should never make another third-round pick ever again. They should trade it every year, you know, screwing around. They won't. Yeah. But well, who cares then? If I can move up in the first or whatever by giving up a third, do it. If you yeah. think there's that much of an impact player better than what you would get and you're in love with a guy and you think, boy, that guy's a star. I have to have him. Then give up your third round pick or fifth round pick or whatever you got to do to go up and get them. And for the most part, again, outside the Rams, everybody holds on to these things like they're a firstborn. Yeah, I think you've seen, well, I think you've seen Gutekunst move fourth, late fourth round picks, which a lot of people may not, you know, agree with. They've made those kind of moves with those sort of picks because of what you're saying. Uh, But yeah, I mean, I think historically teams have, and 
it's funny when, when you're a team, you must believe, and this is like for a coach, a player, anybody, you have to believe in your ability to beat the odds. Right. And even if the odds are lower, you have to say in your heart, look, I'm picking this guy. I believe this guy can be a contributor. When you look back four or five years from now, those guys won't necessarily be contributors, but you have to believe that. So if you believe that, then you're not as willing to give up that pick as the data might might tell you to be because you think you can beat those odds. You know, that's the other thing too, right? And we've talked about this before, you and I have, where you have some teams that just have biases towards certain positions from certain schools or have biases against certain coaches from certain schools of I've drafted three players from that dude and they've all been disciplinary problems. Yeah. I've had the attitude problems. I'm just not touching any more of those guys. And then you have the exact opposite where guys are in love with certain coaches at certain schools. Like That's right. boy, every Barry Alvarez guy I draft, man, their offensive linemen have worked out and they're team guys. And, you know, I want those type of guys on my team. You have those type of biases that also come into play when the draft rolls around that I don't think people realize. Yeah, uh, absolutely. There's a lot of um, coaches and college coaches and teams have relationships. And those relationships are built through the discussion of these players, frank, honest discussion of these players. And I think in a lot of situations, it's, it's a network, right? It's a network of people. So they, they trust these people because they're really the ones that work with the players on an everyday basis. And honestly, you know, in some cases, guys don't turn out because of injuries. I would have loved to have seen what Jay Sternberger would have done if Lonnie Johnson hadn't popped him in a practice and kind of derailed his rookie season, right? I mean, th those those inter-team, inter-squad practices, that, that cost Sternberger, I don't know about his career, but it certainly made it more difficult. And so stuff like that happens too, which are part of these equations. But yeah, every person, I mean, look, you and I have biases about yeah, when we look at players, when we look at teams. Everybody has them and it's impossible to be, per it is impossible to be perfectly objective when you're looking at players um, I know I fall in love with guys that don't turn out to be great because I'm looking for certain things, but you try to learn. That's all. And I think smart GMs and smart coaches try to learn from those things and get rid of those biases as much as they possibly can. But we're all human. So we're going to make mistakes in, in those areas. So, I mean, for example, so like when the Bucks draft Giannis, right? Yeah. They go over there and then other teams hear about it and everybody starts going over there to watch him. He's playing with like a YMCA League of Men. And you're trying to figure out, you know, okay, he's got all the talent, but does he have the drive? How much does he want it? Right. And you've got to figure all that other stuff out. It's not just watching tape and being like, that's right, dude, special, because you don't know what he's like off the field. You don't know who he's rolling with. You don't know how much of the work ethic he has. You don't know how much brain capacity he has to memorize and learn stuff and so forth. I'm not going to get into specifics of some of the Packer draft picks that Ron Wolf made, but right. there might have been one or two that didn't have the capacity to understand what the hell two. they were supposed to be doing. And right. that's what killed their career. Physically, well, they were specimens, yeah. but they couldn't figure it out. Well, and that's why a lot of these guys are picked later than their talent would say. And, and sometimes that plays out as their career goes. Right. But then you've got guys like Tyreek Hill, who okay. teams didn't want to touch until Ooh. the fifth round, right? Kansas City, I think those fans were mad when they made that pick because they didn't want yeah. to deal with it. And then he right. shows up and they're like, oh, we love Tyreek Hill now. Never exactly. mind anything else. Kareem Hunt. Uh, yes. You have all kinds of guys like that that have yep. stuff going on off the field. 
but they turn out to be fantastic players. Some of them mature and get over it. Some of them don't and still have fantastic careers. Right, so, but then you got why, Zach Wilson. Look at Zach Wilson for the Jets, right? Yeah. So you you waste this high draft pick on this kid. Hadn't done all that great necessarily, but that's not even a thing. You drafted him based on arm potential and strength and how far he can throw and all that. This dude gets up at a press conference, throws for 70-some yards. They ask him, hey, man, you think you let your defense out? No, no. Yeah. I mean, that type of stuff. You know, could they have seen that coming before they drafted him? Should they have seen that coming before they drafted him? Because that's horrible. I mean, you yeah. don't want that in your locker when he's supposed to be the leader of that team. Yeah, I, I think, to be honest with you, I don't think he could have. I mean, I, I would have answered it somewhat differently, but I still the, the answer would have still been no. Because if you say yes, what does that tell you about what is what is the rest of the offense think of this guy who just put them under the bus. No, I think he just says, point. I think he just says, man, I got to play better. If I play better, we'll have a better chance to win. And I got to figure this out. Right. That's it. You don't got to talk about wide receivers, running backs, offensive line, nothing. You yeah. take the heat and you move on next question. And you're, yeah. you're, you're the quarterback. You have to be the fall guy because when you're not the fall guy and you're sitting there throwing guys under the bus and saying, people got to know what they're doing and all this other nonsense. They're going to start giving you the side. I like, dude, are you with us or not? Well, Sparky, the thing is, is that players are not under that spotlight in college, even at Alabama, right. even yeah. at LSU. They are not answering those sort of questions. And it's very difficult. Ryan Leaf and Peyton Manning. Oh. There are teams uh -oh. in the league that would have taken Ryan Leaf over Peyton Manning. Yep. Okay. You don't know how that guy is going to come in. And by the way, you don't know if Peyton Manning is going to be able to do the things that he did in college in the NFL. You don't. Nobody does. And so you just make your best guess. You take your, your best shot to say, hey, we think we can do it. We can coach him up on this stuff. And you have to do that. There's no guaranteed anything in the NFL. And you, yep. and you take your chance. So um, sometimes the, the, uh, you know, the, the risky picks turn out and sometimes they don't. Andrew Luck was the most can't miss prospect I've ever seen. I know. And it didn't work out. So I mean, it does, it's, 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 you have to do all that kind of background stuff, talking to coaches, all that stuff. But when the lights come on, you really don't know what they're going to do until it happens. No, no, you're absolutely right. Uh, and that's why it makes that job very, very difficult. Obviously, Very difficult. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Moving on, do you think the Packers would benefit more by losing than actually winning but still missing the playoffs uh, at the end of the day? 
I will never say that they're better off losing. I did for years with the Bucks. I know. I rooted did. for the Bucks to I lose. Know. I, I know. rooted hard for them to lose because I, I wanted Durant. I as wanted a fan, I would have blown Honestly, I, I as a fan and and somebody who caught, you know, I, I get it, but I will never say it. I have been I have been lucky to coach football at the high school level and even at the youth level to a lesser descent. Sure. No chance I would say that. Now, the funny thing is, is in the draft, if you're in that area, so last year, a lot of seven and 10 teams ended up in the eight to 11 area of the first round. You're still getting great, That's great players. Fair. Top 10, so, right in that area, I'm good with. Yeah. Right. And if they, and if they, um, you know, happen to end up because there's few, like a bunch of teams end up winning four or five games, even if they end up in the 11 to 15 area, let me give you some examples, even in that area. Micah Parsons. 12. Stud. Chris Olave, 11. Good. Um, Rashawn Gary, 12, right? Yeah. Even in even in the 15 to 18 area, Jahan Dotson, Jalen Phillips, who was a great pick for Miami at 18, A.J. Terrell at 16, Brian Burns at 16. You can get players in that middle of that first round that are really, really good players. But, 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 but you also have more risks. It all depends if you think, and again, just hear me out. If you think Jordan loves the guy, fine. But if you don't know, and I don't know if they know or not, but if you don't know, and now you got a chance to be up there with Stroud and Will Levis, if you like him from Kentucky, the old guy, whoever, if, if you want one of them, more than likely, those guys aren't going to be at a 15 to 18. I don't think. I mean, no. these are things that Levis would be Levis would be the one that would fall into that area potentially. Right. He's kind of like Jay Cutler. I yeah. think it was like 16. Yeah. So he could be. And I was going to actually jokingly say this to you. Like, I can't wait until they trade Jordan Love and then they pick Will Levis just to see so see how Packer fans will handle that. Maybe they love it if they think. But, but yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think you count that out as a possibility. I really don't. So you wouldn't, you wouldn't be surprised if they did go quarterback then? No, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I think we've seen this already with Arizona where they took Jack. They traded up to get Josh Rosen. But they knew what they wanted in Kyler Murray, so they got rid of Rosen. They took Kyler Murray, and say what you want about Murray, but he's still better than Rosen. They oh, made yeah. the right choice there in terms yeah. of what that that particular move. And I think if Green Bay, like you said, they're going to see if Jordan Love is it or not. And if they don't believe in him, you have to move on from him and get the guy. If you get if you can get a guy you really want, then you have to do it. You, you know, have to do it. Everybody likes May for next year's draft. And, you know, say he's better than what's here in the top of the first round this Dude, year. And stop. I, 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 stop. Don't know, stop. I don't know if he is or not. I'm just exactly. saying if I'm the Packers and I have Rodgers next year, which you're going to have Rodgers next year. Well, yeah. You're not going to be this. $100 million. Are you serious? He's not going anywhere. Right. So he's back next year. You're not going to be this bad twice with Rodgers back-to-back years. These wide yeah. receivers are going to grow. They're going to become better. These young right. offensive linemen will mature. They will become better. Aaron Jones, you got to see what he does with his contract. But for the right. most part, this team should be much better record-wise. So if you're going to have a chance to replace Love with another young potential franchise quarterback right. who will also get the benefit of sitting for at, at least, least one year, year not two, yeah. Year, yep. I mean, I just yep. don't know how you say no to that. Right. That's my thing. Yeah. No, it's, it absolutely makes sense. The thing is, you know, then you get in the same argument that you had with love in terms of, but you could build around, you can give Rogers that one more chance yeah. of really being great. True. 
if you can get Quentin Johnston, the TCU wide receiver, if you can get like Michael that. Mayer, the tight end from Notre Dame, and put I him like in, him. that's going to be the conversation, right? And it should be a fascinating conversation depending on how many games they win coming down the stretch. Or you trade a first-round pick the following year and get yourself two first-round picks. Get your quarterback and then go get one of those other guys uh, as well. But again, going back to holding well, on to Well, that's very right much what the Saints point. did last year, even though they didn't take a quarterback, and their quarterback has been their major question mark most of the year. But anyway, uh, you know, to, we see teams do that. We see teams unloading that future, those future picks for now. And, um, you know, I, I wouldn't see this group doing no. that. Of course. Um, but, uh, you know, again, it's going to depend if they go on a run and they end up, you know, uh, nine and eight, and that pick ends up much later, you know, in around 20. But see, maybe a better a, chance. Chad, so you're at, so, okay. So the Packers draft happens. You're in Green Bay. Goody comes out and he talks to the media when they make their first round pick or whatever they do. He talks to him, right? Hey, Goody. What are you doing trading your, your future first-round pick? The answer is this, because I plan on this team being in the damn Super Bowl next year, so whoever right. is going to be drafting at the, end of the, at the end of the first round, we are not. We are not going to be as bad as we were this last year. We are going to be in the hunt and win this damn thing next year, and I need this player going forward to help out Aaron Rodgers. And the other guy, Aaron Rodgers, is coming up at the end of his career. He knows it. We all know it. He's talked about it. Yep. He's going to be my guy I'm going to roll with, and we just traded Jordan Love for a fourth-round pick. Have a good night. Well, yeah, by the it. way, the Saints may have had that exact same conversation, but guess what? They're giving up a 10 round, they're giving up a, a top 10 pick to Philly because they're not that great. So that's that's where that conversation comes in. And you're just like, oh, okay, well, but you, you know, that's that's what if if you make that move, that's exactly what you have to say. We believe in this team this year. We think we're gonna do this, we right. think we can help this team win. This year, and by the way, if we pick a quarterback with that, we think we can help the team win two, three, four years from now as well. So, you know, I think that's what you have to say, but there is risk involved. Yeah, no question about it. All right, uh, last question here. Where's the drop-off this year? Uh, now, again, we're in November, obviously coming up on yeah. December. The draft is in April, so this board's going to move quite a bit. But the guy that does all the great mock drafts is Chad Ryder at NFL.com, and that's why you follow him on Twitter at Chad underscore Ryder because he's amazing. Where? After the underclassmen declare, we don't do them until after the Correct. underclassmen declare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, Whatever. You know. We got a we got a good idea of what's happening. I think. Yeah. But where is the drop off in the first round with this upcoming draft in 2023? I, I think it's similar to previous years where you have a top 10 ish group. Um, you know, it might be like eight or nine guys in the elite tier, and then you've got a group in the middle from that nine to 17, something so like that. that. So lose. That's what you just said. Lose. Top 10 is where you got to be. Yeah. So you just like, Packers lose, get to the top ten. There, that's the cutoff is ten. You said. Uh, I'm saying that's the tiers of talent yes. that's available. I'm not going to say that they should lose games. A bunch but of you... competitive men. I'm not going <laughs> to tell a bunch of athletes to lose games. No. But I can but get to the elite talent in the top ten. Now I'm going to get the second best group. Well, the, here's the, here's the thing with that. The top ten group is probably you know, a 70% chance of getting a guy that's really going to make a difference in that middle tier group that drops to about 50%. On next group down there might be 30 to 40%. So you cannot tell 
men who compete, who, who sweat and all that stuff to lose, to gain 20% more chance you could get a guy that can help this team, maybe not even next year, but the right. year after that or the year after that. It doesn't make any sense. But in turn, if you just want to know where the talent is, it's, it's going to be like the Will Andersons, the Jalen Carters, those guys right at the top of the draft on defense are going to be excellent players. But as I mentioned, like some of the guys, like Micah Parsons could be defensive de- defensive player of the year this year. He was picked 12th. Yeah. Um, Rashawn Gary was on a, a pace to have a pretty good year to be picked 12th too. So it's not like you can't find a, a really, really good player in the middle of the first round. It's just less likely. It's just less likely. So if you're willing to take a guy that maybe other team, you got to remember Rashawn Gary was like the last guy of the top, you know, tier and a half of talent because teams had issues maybe with his off field, you know, like they one thought he wanted to be a businessman and maybe he wasn't productive in Michigan as they guys like that end up. And a good example would be Brian Breesey from Clemson this year. He's had injuries. He hasn't been a great pass rusher this year, but he's just a really outstanding player. I could see a guy like that falling into that 12, 13 area because of that. And a team could get him excellent. Rashawn Slater, great left tackle for the chargers. 13 because his arms aren't that long. This is the kind of stuff that happens and good teams that draft well can take advantage of that kind of arbitrage. If you want to call it that. Yeah. Um, and, and so I'm, I'm not into losing for that. I'm not. Okay. So let's, let's look at it from this perspective, the Packers as it sits right now, I don't know if they'll go and add another wide receiver or not. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I guess it, it's possible that they could add a wide receiver. I think tight end is up for discussion because after Tunyon, DeGuara, Mercedes Lewis. I mean, I like Mercedes Lewis, but you know he's not a spring chicken anymore necessarily. Um, Offensive line, a right tackle maybe. If you think you can do better than Yash at right tackles, maybe that's a possibility. On defense, safety has to be at the top of the list right now. So from those positional needs – is are those positions kind of deep in this draft? I know wide receiver, I think from the mocks I've been seeing kind of the ones that do do underclassmen already kind of already have like several wide receivers in the first round possibly yeah. right now. So I feel like that's a deeper position. But yep. what about like say safety and tight end at this point? Well, that's a great lead in to give a prop to my last article on NFL.com where I placed uh, guys in the top 25 seniors with ideal fits. And I had Jamie Robinson, safety, Florida State, going to the Packers as a second-round pick. And I think that would be a fantastic pick for them. And I think that has that. I don't know, depending on how high they pick, Brian Bradge from Alabama is an outstanding defensive back. And I think he could be in the the conversation if they're picking in the 15 to 19 area, something like that. Um, But I think if they're picking higher than that, you got to look at receivers. As I mentioned, Johnson already – um, Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to be a very interesting pick because he's Ohio been good this year, right? Yep. Ohio State guy, just like Jameson Williams last year, had a big injury at the end of the year for Alabama, and he still got picked 12th. Um, so Smith and Jigba could be in the conversation. Uh, Kayshawn Booty has been a down year for LSU, but the guy had a kid, and that's pretty difficult to go to school, have a kid, and, and play football. So um, there's a lot of receivers early in the draft. If they want to pick uh, a, a guy like Peter Skoransky as an offensive lineman out Northwestern. of Northwestern guard or tackle, um, you, you know, there's a really Paris Johnson from Ohio State has played guard and tackle for the Buckeyes. He could be another pick in that area. 
Um, and so I've mentioned some other guys. I, there's a lot of different areas of this team that can be improved. So anywhere in that first round, you're going to be able to find somebody that's going to help the team right away. So let me ask you this. A guy like Joey Porter Jr. is a physical yeah. type player. Yeah. Would, would a team possibly look at him and go, we can move him to safety because of how physical he is? He's not afraid to tackle. He's he's, he's all about it because he gets a little handsy, I guess, at times. Um, I mean, I is that a guy or do you think you leave a guy like that at cornerback and roll? Yeah. I think I think I would leave him a corner. I really do. I think that's his mentality. Um, I, I think <clears throat> he is good. He's good. Yeah. Last year, I was glad he came back to Penn State because he was very inconsistent um, in terms of staying with his man and and making the correct decision on whether to go for interception. I mean, he had some parts of his game he had to work on, so I'm glad he came back. And he's been really good this year. He's a sticky guy. Um, I like Keely Ringo from Georgia more. Uh, okay. So I think that would be a guy they could look at if they wanted another corner. But I, I would keep Porter where he is at, at corner, I think. He is Chad Ryder, NFL.com, promoting his stuff. Uh, so your first mock draft doesn't come out till when then? Like February? Uh, usually like right after the Super Bowl. Oh, right. Yeah, so because like I do, you know, um, we've got other great people, Lance Zerline, Daniel Jeremiah, Bucky Brooks. All these guys typically do like a first round pick or a first round mock right after the, the uh, underclassmen declare in uh, mid-January. But I usually do like a third, a three or four round mock, and so they usually wait to do those until after the Super Bowl happens. And you eventually end up doing a seven round mock. That's right. Yeah. Eventually, we get to seven round mocks. That's you right. want to talk about driving yourself crazy. I mean, yeah. Not, thankfully, I don't even understand thankfully how you it doesn't very gas. long to driving myself crazy because I'm already there, so it's all good. I, I don't mean, use much gas money to get there. I, okay, let's get personal real quick here before we wrap this up. So, like, when you were growing up. Was there that guy that, that you really got down with? Like when I was growing up, my favorite draft guy was Joel Bushbaum pro yeah. football weekly. Like that was my dude used to interview him all the time from his little crammed apartment down in Chicago or whatever. Yeah, he was York, the yeah. best, right? I was never a Kuiper guy. I loved Bushbaum because yeah. um, he was kind of nerdy and that's all well, he cared about was a damn draft. Was, right. was there a guy for you? Yeah, I, I bought Joel's book. Um, yep. when I, when I started doing stuff, uh, Dan Shaka over at our oh, lab, really... lovey Shaka. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But Shaka, um, I didn't know Shaka until I got into radio. Yeah. So I wasn't aware of our lads literally until I started working in radio. I probably found out about our lads in like the early two thousands, Brian Manthe, uh, who was an old Badgers announcer, did Admirals games and so forth. Yeah. He was the one that introduced me to Dan Shaka all those years ago. And then I've been in touch with them ever since. Yeah. Yeah, and and you know I, I I've gotten a chance to talk to Mel a few times over the years. A great guy, I enjoy him. You know, you gotta love his passion, and that whether you agree with him or not, I, I love his passion. And and you know that turns some people off, and I get it. But it, it you know I really loved his passion, and I can't say like he him and um, Joel and others. You know, when I started doing this, um, I saw what they did. And I'm like, well, I'm gonna give that a shot. And, uh, you know, so I think all those guys really, um, really had, uh, you know, an effect on me and say, hey, look, I can do it. I, I, I'm going to start doing it and talking Packers and draft. And and uh, before you know it, got some guy saying, hey, do you want to be on the radio uh, with Steve Homer True? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. Right. Why not? So uh, it's yeah. all worked out pretty well.
Yeah, it's awesome. Absolutely so proud of you, man. You've just absolutely killed it your whole career doing this for a living. Chad, thanks so much for coming on. Follow him on Twitter, NFL.com. Follow him at Chad underscore writer. If you've listened to the big show or any show I've ever been a part of, you've heard Chad millions of times over the years, and you'll continue to hear him as we continue to do our stuff. Thanks for filling in for Ryan Horvath and doing this extensive Curtin Long podcast today. <laughs> thanks, Sparky. Appreciate it. You betcha. Have a good one. That'll do it for Curtin Long. Don't forget, download it wherever podcasts are available. Apple, Odyssey, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. 